Israeli employees and Palestinian employees spoke out that they are not really feeling comfortable about this lack of transparency, what is actually happening between Google and the Israeli military or government. Some claim this is death to art, you know, creative jobs aren't safe from machines now and even high skill jobs are in danger then of becoming obsolete, the Mona Lisa in a very apocalyptic setting. Twitter is bringing editing tweets to its platform, it's testing it live right now. You will be able to see the post history as a user. So this company, Hyperstealth, actually has developed a special foil that makes things invisible. The foil actually is bending light around an object and by that it's making the object itself almost invisible. Hi and welcome to episode 32 of... Yeah, amazing. <laughs> Welcome to episode 32 of the Tech Review. Every two weeks, we gather to discuss the hottest topics in science, technology, and innovation. And today on camera four, we have the amazing Chris. On camera three, we have the amazing Vincent. On camera two, we have the amazing Henrike. And on camera one, we have the amazing me, Tarek. Hi. And if you like what you see here on the Tech Review, you can of course visit us on ideasengineering.io, freetech.academy, or of course at Upday, which I don't have here on this list, but we are also on Upday, right? Upday.com, Vincent, correct me if I'm wrong. And uh, without further ado, let's yeah. go into the news. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I, I didn't have it on, on uh, the sheet Let, yet. Let's talk after. Let's talk after. <laughs> but as you, uh, as you can see, we already have the update logo here in our dashboard. And before we start, I am amazed that we are international now. And since we distributed our podcast through all major podcast networks on Spotify and on Apple, uh, uh, Apple, what is it? I iTunes, Apple what is it? Yeah, Apple Podcast. Apple Podcast, right. I observed the statistics and the majority of our listeners are actually coming from the United States. That's very, very interesting. Then on, uh, on second place, it's Germany and third place is Peru. And I love it. So if you are from the United States, Germany or Peru, shout out to you and leave us a comment. I, I really, really like it that we are um, listened to at least worldwide. And we now have, I think, more listeners than viewers. So people like listening to us. I really, really like it. So let's jump into the news. Today, uh, first article comes from me, which is Google. Yeah, and usually I try to be not political in these in these things, uh, and I try to leave religion and politics out of the news. But this time, uh, I I actually brought two links which are kind of political um, touched, and the first one is about Google and Project Nimbus. And this one is not really news. It's I think the project started in 2021, which is a major contract between Google and the Israeli government. And uh, so far, it's, it's not that bad. It's, it was a big, big project where I think Israel plans to move a, a lot of their governmental and educational infrastructure to the Google Cloud. But what is not that nice is the topic of transparency. There are some Google employees who did not who did not fully understand what are the boundaries of these contracts between Google and the Israeli government, because as far as the the media is reporting about this, these 
contracts are not limited. So there are explicit clauses that forbids Google to, for example, limit their services to educational sector or the public sector, but they are forced to also provide these services to the Israeli military, for example. And uh, since there are a lot of Israeli employees and Palestinian employees uh, working for Google, a lot of them spoke out that they are not really feeling comfortable about this lack of transparency, what is actually happening between Google and the Israeli military or, or government. And so um, this article is not about politics themselves and the, 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 um, the conflicts in the Middle East, but the lack of transparency of Google and even stories about employees who spoke out about this, who were then moved to to brazil for example and they they had like a change of their contract and it, uh, it was said like you have to move in the next three weeks to um, our office in brazil or otherwise you will lose your job and so this is very very sketchy in terms of transparency especially because google always claims to be very transparent and claims to what, what was their motto uh, do no evil right and so it's, it's uh, a big, big question mark if everything that is happening within these project uh, Nimbus is actually transparent and not touched by, let's say, military influences. And if you remember, there was in the past also this project with Google and the, I think, American military, where a lot of Google employees, they simply refused to to keep working on these projects because it was for, I think, enhancing targeting systems of the U.S. military. And then Google actually canceled these contracts because the, the employees did not feel that this is the, the, the best way of using their technology. And so um, with Project Nimbus, this is now a big thing where TechCrunch is reporting about many employees who are now in like internal fights with HR and trying to simply get transparency into these contracts and are either removed from the company or are in legal battles between Google and um, themselves. And there was, what was it, like an internal investigation which concluded that there is no wrongdoing between Google and the employees. But this is not a very good uh, investigation because it was uh, investigated by a, a lawyer who is on retainer by Google. So he can't be like neutral if he's paid by Google. And so it's, it's still the question of if it's it's really everything um, all right. And my personal opinion is I, I do not want to take sides or point my finger to Google, but if they are as transparent as they claim to be, where is the problem by releasing the contracts and making sure that everything is actually happening as it, as it should, right? So th there's, yeah. This, this is my take on this. Do you have any thoughts on this lightweight news that I take as my first article today? <laughs> I mean, I just totally agree. If there's nothing to hide, they can be as transparent as they claim they are or they want to be. And simply the fact that they aren't transparent about this makes it a bit, yeah, makes you question this whole thing. Yeah. And I mean, of course, there's always this thing of certain things that you may not want to be public from contracts, but especially if you have a multi-billion dollar contract with Israel, which is in a constant state of, I don't know, like armed conflict. I think, especially in terms of public relations, 
it should be very important to make sure that no one gets the wrong impression of what you're doing when you are selling your software and your platforms in, into this region, right? And all of this is not saying that anyone is actually doing something wrong or mischievous with this technology, but it's, it's only about this lack of transparency that everyone can, or basically everyone is forced to interpret and to guess what is actually happening there behind the scenes. And so I think it's, it's really a problem of Google not showing what they are doing simply to to uh, save their faces i uh, i would maybe guess that google maybe did something wrong in the first place by stating specific things that they are doing and now when releasing more of the information but making it more transparent they would probably have also they would have to show that actually it is much more military use than they initially said so i think i don't know from what what you just told us to me it sounds a bit like well we lied in the beginning or maybe we didn't tell the full truth in the beginning and now we need to stick to that even though that maybe it would be much easier to just you know tell everybody the truth because they're i mean especially with israel i think that especially specifically united states uh companies or the united states generally is very accepting of what specifically the israeli side is saying communicating about the conflict so it wouldn't be that tough for Google. I think they made a mistake at the beginning and now, well, they need to stick to that to keep their legitimacy, <laughs> you know, to, to seem legitimate. Ah, legitimate. <laughs> I love it. I, I would like to correct you on, on your... Can we use this for any kind of blooper <laughs> theory as part of I, in, in my head, I, I, was, I, I was trying to correct him, but I did not dare because I bet I, I can't pronounce the word either. Legitimacy, I guess, right? Is, is it le legitimacy? Ah, oh, you're such a show-off. Oh, <laughs> it hurt my heart. <laughs> <laughs> so my apologies to all of our U.S. listeners. <laughs> we Germans, we struggle with the word legitimacy. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure that I can I can pronounce it correctly. Legitimacy. Legitimacy. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Yes. I, I, I think it's not going to get better, I think, unfortunately. But I, I think that's a great, like, if, if anybody, I don't know what the time is, but if anybody in the podcast wants to jump to 17.54 on my clock, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a wild ride. And now, this. Next article comes from Henrike. I already forgot the new transition already. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> um, Surprise, like every every week. <laughs> Today I have like a new theme since Artemis didn't launch. Um, I thought, okay, what am I going to paste into our backlog? And today it is art-related uh, content. The first one is about an AI-generated artwork that won a first place in a competition, which was quite controversial among the creative artist scene. <laughs> Some claim this is death to to art. You know, creative jobs aren't safe from machines now, um, and even high skilled jobs are in danger then of becoming obsolete. Like a discussion that's not new, but now brings the uh, creative scene in focus again. The artist himself, who 
made this, you can't say painting, but this artwork, says that the human element has been completely ignored because it's still, he was still part of the creation process. He refers to that he generated images with Midjourney and he used Photoshop and upscaled it with Gigapixel and whatever. And then in the end, that was the result. So basically what the people are doing, which is kind of interesting, they're judging artwork by the method of creation. And this is kind of a broad discussion you can start, right? I mean, simply because they do not use technology to create the artwork, but like a paint or a pencil or whatever, this is said to be the normal artwork. And this is now not art i mean this is like a really this is like the discussion that's behind it right so he the artist said in the end that probably they will create like a new category of ai art or something to end this discussion forever and then it's like you are in this cluster or you're not but yeah it's uh you can read maybe also like a philosophical question like what defines art and artwork in general so that's why i brought it here yeah and I actually I also had this idea of what happens if I train, for example, for writing an AI with everything that I wrote in my life, all blog articles and, and everything that I wrote, then technically the AI is able to mimic me. And so if I then have it generate things in my name, it is kind of based on my work and trained on my work and the AI would work in my stead but I would not be the original author anymore even though the AI is only knowing things that I wrote in the past so this would also be this question if this is then work where I would be allowed to put my name be, be beneath it and I could imagine with art it, it could be the same if I'm an artist and I painted a thousand pictures and then I trained an AI on basis of my images, then this AI would only be able to generate art in my style with, with what, what I created. So it would work in my stead. But it would be probably an, a forbidden tool in terms of art competitions because they want you to ha create original art with, by your own hands. But yeah, I understand this, this conflict. Just really quickly, adding to Tarek, did Tarek did not you bring this 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 bot that mimics you after your death? Yeah. This? Was it you? Right. Yes. Yeah. So this would be exactly that. Yeah. Yes. If, yeah. Kind of. <laughs> right. If it mimics then my my speech and everything. Yeah. Yeah. The question is if it's transparent. If this is then my bot or if it it is me because in this case it was like a bot um, controlling my avatar. So people talking to the avatar would not be able to distinguish between the he real human or the bot mimicking me. I yeah. Imagine your avatar would then continuously create paintings. <laughs> so we would have a dead... Uh, yeah, no, imagine a dead Michelangelo creating images... Oh my God. ...as a bot. Now that you're saying it, th this actually opens up a way wider um, discussion because, as you said, yet now imagine we train a bot exclusively on the artwork of Michelangelo. Then it could create new original artwork 
of Michelangelo in his name because it is trained by exactly his work. That's crazy. Yeah, what if that wins an award? Then? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Michelangelo. Uh, there was there was this one rapper, I think it was um, Tupac, who died quite young, and uh, he's still publishing um, <laughs> songs. And this is because exactly he's or the company behind that is exactly doing what you're just describing. So um, this this idea is is happening already, I think. But in, in this specific case, it, this was not the case, right? So here it was not like the AI had been trained only on pieces of art of this one specific artist. So that was generated, the, the, the basic piece of art was generated by the AI, which actually had been fueled with um, input from, from many, many other pieces of art. So it was not really the original piece of art of the artist. So he just let create the AI something and then optimized that. So the original piece of art was not really his personal kind of inspiration, so to say. Good question. Was it? I'm not sure. Because then I would say, because you were asking actually for the process of creation, creating art, and I'd say, yeah, this is kind of a philosophical thing, but then he would have taken something from somebody else or from many people Many other artists, which actually <laughs> had been the basic fuel for this specific AI. And then there would have been something. And this he would have taken and then optimized and, and formed into the final shape. And yeah, of course, it's partly then his piece of work and his piece of art, but just partly. So the initial piece of art has not been created by the artist as such. I think it's difficult to say that in this case, the artist is the creator of the whole piece, since there's a big part which had been created by the AI. And the AI, as we know, is something, well, <laughs> it's difficult to describe. Chris, would you would you say that an AI is able of or can, can be inspired of inspiration? Can be inspired of inspiration? What do you mean? So... Well, so I, I agree with you that there is uh, this artist who yeah. creates something, but there is the AI that creates a lot of it. And therefore, my question would be, is the AI, can the AI be inspired? Because in the end, art is, 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 not, a, is not a mathematical equation you solve or a, a, a sentence you, you write which also I would argue maybe needs inspiration, but artistic thinking in a way needs to be applied to 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 complete a painting, for example. So would you say an AI is capable of that? Depends actually on the training, I'd say. So um, what we see with Dali, for instance, is really quite amazing. And in the end, this is a piece of art, right? So if, if I would create something with AI and then would go out into the world and say, look what I have done and wouldn't tell anybody that that has not been created by me, but, but, but an, by an AI, then I might be accepted as some kind of artist. And this is... I think this is why this discussion is really absolutely at the right place, because it relates what we understood as art so far to something which can be created within a really short amount of time by an artificial algorithm, by an artificial intelligence. And it has, yeah, has it the same quality? It has, at least has a level which will be accepted by most of the people as art. 
And this is something which makes things indeed difficult, critical, because it takes away of a part of hum humans or humanity's identity, right? And takes it away to an artificial intelligence. And this is something which really needs some discussion, philosophical discussion, ethical discussions. So I don't know exactly what what to think about that so it's really technically or techno from technological wise this is really amazing and very impressive but ethical wise i'm in doubt to be honest so maybe to end this just one quote that i looked up in the article from the artist <laughs> he said i've been exploring a special prompt that i will be publishing at a later date i have created hundreds of images using it and after many weeks of fine-tuning and curating my gents i chose my top three and had them printed on canvas after unshackling with via pixel ai so that was his his process yeah it's, it's yeah. kind of the question of tools right so it's the tools that we have now at our hands and the question is which tools are allowed in the future in in these competitions i mean for creating art the the for the art itself i guess it does not matter if it's beautiful art then it's beautiful art but if you have rules in these competitions then you can of course con try to control which tools are used it's like if you have like a eating contest and you have like a surgically extended enlarged stomach or something uh, to create a competitive uh, advantage it might be that the, the the contest provider forbid these tools <laughs> right it's like doping in sports i'm i'm yeah. super excited to see what will be uh, what will be the final result right if if the artistic community is going into the direction of we have ai we have this amazing um, use. I mean, just think of something as the iPad with a lot of videos. I don't know if your bubble on TikTok is similar to mine, but I see a lot of people drawing on the iPad. Amazing pictures. They could not draw on with an oil painting, for example, obviously, because they have much better tools now. And so I'm really excited to see what's going to be mainstream. Is mainstream going to be technology enhanced uh, art, art, right? And then there's like this specialist Like with diving, right? You have the free diving people without any kind of equipment. It's a very nerdy niche, and they and they they right and they dive into the ocean without any equipment. But it's like small. It's going to be the other way around, right? Is it this the the big artistic community where the high prices are being paid, right? Is it still the one where where you only have minimum of technology technological help, and then there's going to be this mainstream community that nobody really likes where uh, a non-mainstream but there's going to be this community of of artists not even called artists that use technology to enhance what they do actually no i did not want to stop but i just wanted to mention if you want to skip the random generator maybe now because my second article perfectly fits into this discussion and maybe we just needed to have like another input and then the topic is, is, is... sounds great okay Wait for it. <laughs> And now, this. Oh, wow, it's me again. <laughs> <laughs> What a coincidence. <laughs> this generator, Tarek. <laughs> yeah, I mean, now, Dali, we had it, I think, two weeks ago, Tarek, or I think just last time, yeah, that you brought it um, to our discussion where you can, like, create art with just putting three words into 
into Delhi and then he throws out uh, new images every time. And now they announced that you can also use it or it has the functionality to outpaint famous pictures. So there it's really like zooming out and imagines how famous paintings, how, you know, they look like in the bigger picture, how the surrounding looks like, whether it's um, the Mona Lisa in a very apocalyptic setting or it's the Beatles crossing Abbey Road, but are not the only ones crossing it, having like other people there as well, all kinds of stuff. And I mean, it's also, I mean, this AI obviously was trained with the information, you know, from the artists from the paintings it mimics the even the shadows and highlights it sees in these pictures um so yeah it, it just adds to the discussion like this ethical discussion um, is this now a new artwork is this or what is this <laughs> yeah using the tools we have right now I mean, this is. I think this 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 discussion is so difficult because I don't know if there is any definition of what art is anyway, right? So in the end, uh, the value of a piece of art is in the eye of the spectator, and we discuss about the question if the process is an important aspect which has to be judged for the value of the piece of art, or if it's just the result which is worthwhile or what is it or is it the inspiration in the beginning of the process which came into the mind of the of the artist or in in this case the artist was not even part of that process he just pushed the button and then the ai did something and then he just optimized that is that art well depends on whom you ask probably but well the problem that i see indeed is as as i said before that i have the impression that, how to put it, that a part of humanity's spark in mind, like call it inspiration, is taken away by these AI systems. And what happens now is that what that that this whole branch of artists who had like a difficult business before, anyways, right? So when when somebody was an artist, it was difficult for him to uh, to 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 buy his um, sandwich, um, to have something on the table at the end of the day, probably. And I think that this business has been uh, has become much more difficult by technologies like these. So nowadays, call it art or not, but nowadays you have an inflation of these pieces of art, right? So whenever every person in the world can just like um, give one or two passwords, type it into uh, the computer and Dali creates not just one piece of art, but dozens of them with a similar, around similar uh, or with a similar shape or about the, the buzzword which you entered, then there is no need to buy or to look at or to to feel attracted or to be interested to make it a little bit provocative in the individual piece of those many little painters and artists out there in the world because you just have it but i said by the by the push of a button and and this is something i'm a little bit in doubt of if that if that is really the right way to well to act also in the future right so independent of the question that probably you make lots of people unemployed with technologies like these i think of like um photographers and artists and uh, market designers, marketing designers, whatever. It's also a question of, as I said, the human 
identification which we have and which we might lose a bit in this in this whole process of taking over our inspiration to artificial systems to AIs. I call it racism <laughs> because we wouldn't have this discussion if this were uh, made by a human artist, right? A human artist remixing stuff from other artists. It's the, the no most normal thing that we know. Usually it's then only a question of royalties and uh, you remix like a song from Beyonce and then you pay royalties to Beyonce in, in part because you re remixed her work or um, you are actually a sketch artist or you create like, what's it like, satirical versions of art like here this what was it the the quokka low uh, mascot right a human could do this uh, it's like uh, you you tell an artist to paint the the quokka oats guy as what, what's it like a busty uh, barmaid <laughs> you could do it and if this were a human being then you would say oh yeah nice work but now it's a computer and and people are scared because this new race of robots is starting to w create really, really good art and people are afraid of this. And so I think this whole discussion is basically fear from this new capability of this new race of, of beings working in part better than we are. And I think we have to embrace this as a new set of tools. And the big question would be about royalties and authorship. I think those are the questions that we, we have to ask ourselves. Yeah, I think there are two very important things you just mentioned. So the first thing is, yeah, of course, a, a painter, an artist could do that. But then he could that do that within an amount of time. And then he would really um, have the creation process, right? He really would need time to create that piece of art in the end. And then he would have maybe copied the one style and the other one. And then he have mixed that up and made something out of his own. So that is also different to what we see here, because here we do not have just one or two artists like, but we have hundreds, maybe millions, billions, <laughs> I don't know, whatever kind of pieces of art, which have been like influenced this AI and, and let it mix up to something totally new in a very short amount of time. And this is something which is not human any longer, right? As we said, this is artificial. And therefore, back to my point beforehand, so I'm a little bit in doubt of that. And the second thing is, which you mentioned, yeah, that makes us a little bit afraid of, like, so, so to say, being out uh, past it, uh, so to say. And this is not only true for art, I think. This is a discussion which touches the whole AI discussion, since the better AI gets, the more actually it actually can can pushes you out or push, can put can push humans out of their role, out of their positions, and take over their whatever they do. And in the end, um, okay, this of course raises up the question: Is the human being an Uh, uh, outgoing model, so to say, which will be replaced by AI systems in the middle run, in the long run. And is that something which we want? Is that inevitable or should it be maybe controlled and put into the right direction? Are we able to do that anyways? So this art thing is just like the first step, but there will be many, many, many other steps which will probably change or shape the future of humanity as such, I'd say. I think this discussion is, is very old and we have this with all the tools that we created. When, when we as humanity invented industrial machines like uh, construction machines digging holes, like what's it called? 
those machine digging holes. Uh, people were afraid that the person previously had a shovel and were digging this hole manually said, now I'm out of work. This, this machine is taking, taking my work. And now we are using these machines as, as tools. And I think with all the, the new AI tools that we are using today, we should take them as tools. And certain tasks that were manual work in the past could now be replaced by tools when we say this tool is doing this work now better and people are finding other niches that they can then uh, participate in because certain aspects of their work are no, now obsolete. Um, and I think uh, right now we are just stunned by this new generation of technology and new generation of tools. But I personally would always see them as tools replacing certain things that were reserved for now by now um, by people and are now replaced and um, the truck drivers which will be replaced by autonomous vehicles in the future will have the same discussion but it will just be another tool taking over a certain task while people are taking over other aspects of of uh, human society and even though I, i'm not saying it's it's not tragic that people will will lose their jobs but it is kind of the evolution of our society and the tools that we are building and developing and this is now another tool yeah and I, I wouldn't necessarily say that all aspects of creativity for example will be replaced by tools this still needs to be proven right now it is re this task of remixing taking existing work remixing it to to another work and the big question mark that we have is how much originality or creativity is in there or is it really just a mix-up of whatever the machine was learning because what we people do is kind of the same. I am studying art and I am learning how this art works and in my head I remix it, it to something new, original, which I then call my original but I studied artwork of other artists for the past 20 years. So the question is is what I am creating actually original or is this all based on what I learned and studied for the past 20 years? It's not that I never saw a picture of another person and so it kind of all makes it uh, in, in, in my head. As you said, it's, it's very philosophical, right? Plus, plus adding to that, we have different technologies for the tools that we use, right? So we have better paint, we have better brushes, we have, it, it, we're not painting like Michelangelo did. We don't because we have better produced colors that don't change and uh, can resist water and, and, and light and a lot of these kind of things. So the question is, and so isn't technology just an evolution of that, which is adapted in a very analog way to how our society develops? Uh, this is, I don't want to open this topic, but it's the same with the NFT market or generally ownership digitally. So. To, to me at least I don't again I don't want to go into this but tools are manufactured in also in a different way than we did earlier so could Michelangelo come out of his grave and say well Tarek I, I like you but your paintings are not really original right Bosch helped you with it <laughs> yeah but nonetheless I think there are still some some differences right so coming back to Tarek regarding the drill which you mentioned just as a tool that's true and it might have replaced the shovel or something and the people behind that, okay. But um, the difference between the drill and an AI is, of course, the spectrum of functionalities, right? The, the massive amount, the, the number of functionalities the AI comes with, right? So it can replace uh, literally every 
kind of job if you train it the right way. And it can be complex job. And I think this is the main com uh, difference, the complexity, which an AI, AI can handle nowadays. And um, also when you say, okay, uh, so you, you like study 20 years for something to, to create something on your own. I think there's also a difference in regards to the AI. And this is, so to say, the divine a spark right so that which, which we call inspiration that you actually have the the groundwork the basis of your studies and you know all the other artists and everything but then there's something which comes from elsewhere which is the salt in the soup so to say and which then helps you creating something new this is what inspiration actually is 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 meant to be right so that you have one thing which is already there in the world you have another thing you put them together and then you not just mix them and something old new comes out just a mixture of what you had before but then there's something which you have here on the left which you have here on the right and then the inspirational aspect makes that or makes you combine that in a way that something really new, a third element is being created. And this is for me what, what art uh, is about and what human inspiration actually is about. And I'm not quite sure if this is what we see here. So I'm, as I said, I'm a little bit skeptical in that. And the third thing, then I'm finished, is that indeed you're true. The, the discussion is really very old about the AI and what might happen. Uh, let's come back to the discussion with the killer robots. Sooner or later, we always end up with that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. <laughs> ah, he's laughing there. Okay, um, no, but um, there was, I remember when this discussion actually came up and uh, many people on, on podium, forum, discussions, whatever, uh, said, yeah, and when we have the AI, they will take over all the work we do not want to do any longer. And then we have, like in our societies, we can grow up and we can all be artists and we can paint pictures and everything. And if I look into society, I don't see that, to be honest, also not in the near or in the far future. And even painting pictures is difficult nowadays if we see Dali. I think so what do you do with like, all your time then? I think we should, we need like a special art AI episode. I mean, <laughs> this is already is one. <laughs> it's Absolutely. an art, artsy special okay. we should do. There are so many thoughts uh, also in my head, but I did not want to, you know, like completely take over right. this episode. That's why with... you brought two articles. <laughs> 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 exactly. <laughs> but maybe we like stop here because i think this could go on forever and at least have a few of the other articles uh, until we have to finish but a very interesting and now this how about vincent yes that's the better article i brought looking at time i'm not sure we're going to get to the second one so i'm happy that you opened this one twitter is bringing editing tweets to its platform it's testing it live right now it will first come to Twitter Blue subscribers and then later to all users free of charge. And this is something, it's been going on forever. I, I think in 2016, there was the very first vision of how to edit um, tweets. Um, the idea was you can edit it, but only specifically like after, only until a certain point in time after tweeting. And uh, but then the, the the idea tanked. I don't know why, honestly. It, it, there were many discussions over the years, and actually, um, Dorsey, the founder and last CEO, uh, or I don't know even if he was last last, but I think so. Anyways, but the the Twitter guy, um, he actually then at some point said it's never going to happen. You will not be able to edit your tweets. But 
Now it's coming to Twitter Blue and then later to all users. And the idea of it is they could edit a tweet. Obviously, it will be shown in your feed that the tweet is edited. You can only edit until 30 minutes after tweeting. And now that's actually something I really like. I think it makes sense. I've never thought of this before, but I think it's just extremely original and natural. You will be able to see the post history as a user. So if, say, somebody tweets something extremely, I don't know, bad, and the internet freaks out about it, and then second 59 of the 29th minute, that person changes it to something totally different, for example, just to generate traffic, I mean, this is something we can, you know, which is, I think will be happening in the future, um, we will be able to see what that person did say before. And I think that is actually something that we really need because this is my take on this, why I brought this article. To me, Twitter is, Twitter actually is something that I don't think we really need anymore in this very digital and modern society with a lot of platforms, right? But the, the Twitter is still there because it was like, saying something out loud you said it it was out there you can't change it besides deleting it and i think that is one that is one of the biggest reasons why twitter is still as big as it is and now this feature changed this to a certain extent and i think right now to me this looks very interesting um but if they do it wrong well they definitely mess up the, the characteristics of twitter just a side note due to this Twitter Blue will potentially make a lot more revenue. They already announced that Twitter Blue will be higher in prices. Uh, this feature will be to Twitter will be available to Twitter Blue users first. So two very interesting aspects. Um, this will help Twitter gain more revenue this quarter than expected, which then again will help Twitter in the case against Elon Musk. Um, so very interesting. And this is I'm going to end with this. Final question, is this a coincidence <laughs> or is this strategy? Because, I mean, this feature, they, th this this one sat in the drawer, like, in forever, I would argue. I have no idea if it's it's coincidence or um, accident, but I really think this is a very, very valuable feature because in the past you were able to delete the tweet. So it's not like on the blockchain and it's there forever. So it's, it's not, you can kind of modify it by deleting it. Now you can modify it and still not modify it because the history will be there. People can still see what you posted before that. So I think it just adds new functionality be without removing any pre previous capability. So I, I like it. And I think it will enrich Twitter in terms of that people will be able to see more because authors are not forced to delete all tweets anymore. And I think this was one of the biggest... Obstacles. Yeah, yeah, like, like obstacles making it bad to use because you had a reference to a tweet and it does not exist anymore because it was controversial. And now people can make like additions to the statement or changes to the statement. And so you can still see the original and the revised version. And I think this will cause less, uh, f fewer deletions and make it uh, like a richer pr platform. Yeah, but let's see how people are going to use it. What exactly is Twitter Blue? To, uh, Twitter Premium. But what and does I it... can't tell you what it does besides the logo. Uh, let's not get into Snapchat Plus because this is very similar. But this feature was a rumored feature to be available to Twitter Blue only, uh, which is why which is why it had like a very small hype, and now it de facto is. So 
it is a monthly subscription, so we'll see until what time they will keep it exclusive to Twitter Blue users before rolling it out. But in that period, it is very likely that Twitter Blue will A, be higher in price, and B, uh, will have a lot of gain in subscribers. Right now, by the way, it's four ninety nine. You can download the link in the description or on my channel. So go check it out. <laughs> now with this new feature of editing your tweets. Yeah. <laughs> but is there? Do we know any other feature you have when you have Twitter Blue? I'm sure there is. I'm sorry, I didn't. But I we didn't do not know. That's no, okay. That's okay. I'm um, sure someone I knows. Put it into the show notes. Yeah. yeah yes. Yeah. <laughs> And now, this. You're a HSV fan. Yeah, I, st I still did not change the color coloring. <laughs> Chris. Yeah, I brought this one. I know, it's really old. It's like three years old. So it's really from Stone Age. But I, I didn't hear about that before, to be honest. And I thought it's absolutely amazing. And as far as I remember, over the last three years, we did not have that in the tech review. So I thought maybe it's okay if I bring it here just so that we and uh, our 2000 uh, spectators will also get that information. This is about Hyperstealth technology. So this, this company, Hyperstealth, actually has developed a special foil that makes things invisible, right? And um, so I thought, well, what does it mean? And when you read the article, you, you see that um, it, that is about a foil that can effectively hide objects. And the thing is that the, the foil actually is bending light around an object. And by that, it's making like the object itself almost invisible. And this um, magic effect, so to say, is based uh, on the structure of the foil, apparently. And as far as I got it, this consists of many outwardly curved lenses. And um, if you stuck like several layers of these, of this foil then on top of each other then this effect occurs don't ask me about the quantum physical effects which happen there but it, it seems to be working so what happens is when when light actually hits um the foil um it is refracted at certain angles and instead of hitting the object which is directly behind the film behind the foil it is bended around the object and hits so to say the the background behind the object and so what you see then is only the the background and the object is being hidden so it has become invisible and um, i thought this is this is really amazing what uh, what what is possible nowadays with these with this technology i've also sent a second link which is just a video where you have also some other impressions of what you can do with 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 this foil and with this technology and of course it has a military um, application as you can imagine they they put it onto tanks so that at least they can, cannot be seen and um, i think there's also some foil which other um, parts of the spectrum so that you really get invisible. Um, so this is nine minutes long, so you don't have to, to show the whole thing, but every, I had, this is what I mean, right, for instance. And also here you see like things, nothing behind that, or at least blurry, but then if it gets closer, you see that indeed there is something behind that, and that could be a soldier or something, right? So there has to be a little difference, uh, a distance between um, the foil and the object. But it seems to be working. And as I said, it's not a new link. It's three years old. I've never heard about that. Okay, I'm not into military development so far. But nonetheless, when I got that by accident, I thought I'd like to bring it over here. 
so because I think it's really amazing what's what's going on there. I'm pretty sure I, I saw this in one of the Mission Impossible movies, right? Where they had something like the screen and they became invisible and they, they sneaked up on, I'm not sure, like a soldier or something. You they saw were... it at Harry Potter. Yeah, I mean, of, of course, Harry Potter also has this, <laughs> but um, I'm sure that in one of the Mission Impossible movies, they had literally a screen that they were carrying in front of them, which was refracting the lights, so they became invisible. I, I am. Uh, was I, it was it this or was it Inception? Inception. I I I, I, I it was a, a scene in a hotel, security guys in front of a door, and yeah, no, it was Mission Impossible. It was the last one, not counting the one where the trailer is out. But yeah. yes, I yeah. remember this very specifically. Wow. <laughs> I think about uh, Predator. Was it called Predator? Yeah, sure. So the, this alien guy who actually uh, landed in the jungle and then was like mm. hunting there. Yeah. And he was also like invisible. Yeah. And like imagine you have a suit like that and can walk around, nobody will see you. Okay, it wouldn't work like that, I yeah, know. Yeah. But if, if they develop that a little bit further, maybe one day something like, like that could be possible. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, I think um, in Mission Impossible they had something like a camera behind that which was then showing like the image from yes. behind these p people on the screen in front of this so it's oh not God, yes. it's, it's not really the same thing what we are seeing here this one is just like this physical effect of of refracting light and making it it, it not really in, invisible well wait it's... for it i would say wait for it i mean imagine <laughs> the ai learning tech no but you know those weird apps where you can remove yes, objects of course. but yeah. just drag in their fingers uh, your finger above the object and the ai right. understands oh yes this is a tree so no hole here that becomes blue exactly and i mean this this could technologically be advanced into this yeah for sure but th this thing that we are seeing here on the screen screen right now it's um like fault proof because this is really like refracting light there's no computer which could lag or make mistakes and what we're seeing here is that these objects they are not really becoming invisible but they become so fuzzy that the human eye is barely able to see that there is something right so it's, it's not a hundred percenting a hundred percent removing it from from your your sight it's just making it so blurry that you virtually can't see it anymore Absolutely. And this brings us to another aspect, again, to the philosophical aspect of the whole thing, which I like a lot. That is the last sentence of the article where they say, um, will the world become more beautiful if we can make transmission towers, ugly buildings, poor neighborhoods invisible? Or is it just another step towards a filtered reality? And this actually brings us back to the discussion we had before filtered realities right we have augmented reality we have virtual reality we have dali we have artificial intelligences we have fake news we have everybody has their bubble as you said it before vincent um so indeed we we have a filtered reality in every aspect of our life and mainly in the technical aspects, but also here in the pure physical aspects. So it is possible that <clears throat> that one day something like that might not be used for military reasons, but maybe just for design reasons within cities to hide maybe also the just the ugly parts of the city. And then again, we are into this ethical discussion and have to ask ourselves... <laughs> do we do we 
lose, and I'm coming back to that, do we lose another aspect of our human identity with <laughs> technologies <laughs> like these? Everything ends into Blade Runner. Everything <laughs> goes, in the end, this is just Blade Runner. Funny, funny that you mentioned that. <laughs> I wouldn't, I'm not quite sure if it's Blade Runner or if it's, I don't know, End of All Days or something, but, uh, or Terminator, but um, indeed. That is also a philosophical question, which we maybe might discuss next time then, that Please. if with all this technology, the more technology comes up there, do we lose in the same amount and that technology comes up, do we lose our human identity? Question mark. Sounds like Blade Runner. And now, yeah, but this. Blade Runner is raining all the time, so... The Sounds realistic. <laughs> okay, uh, let me throw in one more aspect of this article that I had before in terms of ethical AI. It, it doesn't take much time. I don't think we have to discuss this. I read this article in The Guardian regarding the Iranian authorities who are planning to use facial recognition software to enforce their hijab law. So they have laws forcing women to wear this particular outfit. And if you wear it the wrong way or you don't wear it, you can be punished for it. And now they are introducing machine learning or let's say facial recognition software so that they can scan camera feeds and social media posts and then persecute people who are then identified by this because they also have like this biometric database, which makes it possible to identify every citizen of, um, of uh, Iran to do so. And... I brought this article because it fit perfectly to this other article with uh, are we using our technologies in an ethical way? And this is another question where technically nobody is doing something wrong because if the law of the country says it's forbidden to not wear your hijab, then it's just law enforcement, right? But someone is building the software and if I were the author of the software or this, uh, this machine learning system or this facial recognition software... I wouldn't be happy for this use case where people will then be punished because they wear like a wrong hairdress. Yeah. So just throwing this into into the discussion of for everyone who is listening to us, the question where if we are happy with the way that we are using our technology on an ethical level and if the the, the degree of ethical AI that we are applying today in our society is is right and sufficient yeah, just the question out there write me in the comments <laughs> if you have thoughts about that okay and now this just because we are a little bit out of time let's see the last one yes. from vincent i can do that very quick it is just the lookout for tomorrow we have the apple september event coming up the arguably the biggest Apple event uh, when we look at the user base because the September event is always the iPhone event. There's WWDC in summer talking about the Macs and then there are different things. So let me just summarize really quick what we're expecting. We're seeing the iPhone 14 coming up tomorrow. Uh, we're also expecting the Apple Watch having an update. Uh, this will also diversify a bit. We're looking into potentially a new Apple Watch Pro, maybe with a new button for an easier use while doing whatever kind of fitness program you do. Uh, also, the I, I, Apple Watch SE will be will be getting an update. We'll be definitely seeing AirPods Pro, the new version with the new chip, the new Bluetooth enhancing capabilities, or maybe not Bluetooth at all, 
but I'm not going to get into this right now. Well, what is the event's name? It's far out. So from the weirdest speculations to the less, the, the, the non-weird speculations at all, the biggest speculation is that iPhone 14 will be getting a new mode where you can actually call via satellite which is called Far Out, and also the picture would match this because it's a picture of the Earth from space. So this is the weirdest speculation, non-weird speculation at all, is iPhone 14 will be getting a new design, which is an extremely interesting update compared to the last X versions all having the same. And yeah, that's basically like the, the biggest controversy. Uh, everything else is pretty much up to standard. I That the uh, Apple Watch will be getting a facial update like a design update this is very unlikely but it's also spoken about and also it seems like nobody's really clear on how airpods pro will look like will the they be looking like the beats butts or not also question will be will know by tomorrow it's seven and I'll definitely make sure to bring it to the next tech review I always love with these Apple events that you have this um, this degree of there's new high-tech and new features and there are new colors and the button now has a new shape or something and people are going crazy for the new space gray, which is now a hint of purple or something like that. And so it's, it's cr crazy and it's, no, don't do this. I don't like this color and I wanted it to be purple, but it's not purple enough. It's, it's like a purple gray shade. <laughs> well, they created a hype. It's, a, it's definitely a hype. And um, I mean, look at me looking forward to this event. This is like the highlight of my... <laughs> of my week, uh, right? Yeah. So no, I, it's this not is sad, tech I know. review. Ah, uh, <laughs> right. No, it's sad, the second no. highlight. No, it's the highlight of the Wednesday then. Yeah. No. Uh, but uh, yeah, you, Tarek, you're absolutely right. They created this very hype, and I mean, Apple specifically has this habit of introducing new technology, which is actually super not new, but they call it. I mean, look at audio. They created spatial audio where you can you know, move your iPhone around and it will give you different sounds. This is not new. 3D audio has been around forever, but Apple made it a feature of the AirPods Pro and AirPods 3 and AirPods Max. And it, 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 this is what they do. So I'm sure tomorrow we'll be seeing an always-on display on iPhone 14. Like, I'm so sure that this will happen with the OLED display. And we all know this is not new. Everybody has this, right? I mean, look at OnePlus. It's a it's, for example, cheap manufacturer, right, from the Huawei conglomerate in the end, and they have it. But Apple will act like they just reinvented the wheel. Now it's from Apple. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. No, I mean, there's so much more that's rumored, but these are the features that we'll see. I mean, there's more like Apple re Mixed Reality Headset or the Apple Pro, uh, the Mac Pro, and more, whatever looking forward to it okay thank you so much for all your contributions as always i love it and the tech review is always the highlight of my week and i hope uh yours as well so see you in two weeks in episode 33 of the tech review when we try to pronounce things like what was it <laughs> i already forgot legitimacy or right right or when, when we try to pronounce yeah. le le legitimacy legitimacy <laughs>
If you are hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode. And for that, we here at Tech Review want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We hope this new episode was valuable for you. And if it was, please leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you're listening to us right now. Share this episode with others who could also like it. Do you have a topic that you'd like to see covered in future episodes? Don't hesitate to tell us in the comments or on social media. We hope you'll be back for the next episode.